This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, good evening, everybody. How are you all doing? You're all well, ready for the Word of God? Praise the Lord. Don't you stand with me? We're going to open up in prayer. And as you are standing, I want to take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the great privilege that I have of ministering the Word of God to you this evening. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, as we come together this evening, we remind ourselves that without you, we can do nothing. This is your church. Come and have your way. I pray for every person here this evening, all those that are online. I pray, Father God, that their ears are open to hear, their heart is ready to receive, and their lives will change as a result of your word. Father, I do not trust in myself, but totally depend upon you to come and have your way and speak through me. And in advance, we want to give you alone all the praise, the honor, and glory for what you're about to do through your word this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, greet your neighbor and you may be seated. <clears throat> While you're doing that, I encourage you to take notes. Go to our, uh, our CFC app and at the bottom left-hand side, you'll be able to see the notes as well and you can fill in as we go along. Well, family, we've been going on a journey for some weeks now on a series called My Church. Haven't you enjoyed that series? Great messages on the church of God and we are the church, amen? That's what it is. We are the church. And uh, our theme has been salt and light, and that's our theme for the month as well. And the church needs to be the salt and the light. We need to be the salt out there that causes a flavor, a change in the flavor of the people. And we need to be a light that shines in the darkness so that people are drawn to Christ. Amen. And our theme verse that we've been following on this series is found in Matthew found in Matthew 16, 18, and Jesus speaking, and he says, I will build my church. I love that. There's two powerful statements. He's going to do it. I will. And it's personal. It's my church. And family, we need to adopt that same attitude and say, hey, man, this is my church. It's not a church that I go to. It's not a church that, well, I just go there on weekends. It's mine. We need to adopt that same heart attitude. And with that heart attitude, because it's our church, we want to see lives change, amen? And we want to bring people to the church that don't know Jesus so that they can change the way we have by sitting under the Word. And while I'm speaking on that point, I want to let you know, if you bring somebody to church for the first time that does not know Jesus, you have a seat in the auditorium. How cool is that? We'll make sure that if you bring somebody for the first time, that you can bring them in here so they can experience the service the way you do each weekend. Why is that important? So they can hear the word and they can grow, amen? But I want to make this statement tonight. I want you to know that there's more to church than just coming on Sunday. There's so much more to just sitting and hearing the word. The word is obviously super important. We need the word. Our faith doesn't grow without the word, right? But there's more to church than just coming on a Sunday. You see, family, we need authentic, honest, life-changing, small group relationships. That's what we need. We need those smaller group relationships. You see, we're sitting in an auditorium that has a lot of people in them. And you cannot know everybody personally in this room and in the other venues that you're sitting in. But you can get to know personally, people personally in a smaller group. And we need that. We need to get into smaller groups where we can personally get to know people. Now, you might be sitting and 
listening and saying, well, you know what? I'm quite happy just to do it by myself. I'm just quite happy to go on life all on my own. I'm, I'm kind of hanging in there. I have my challenges. But family, that's not God, what God intended. You see, church, many times people realize only later that what they thought they didn't need is the very thing that would have saved them from what they now have but don't want. <laughs> many times people say, hey, man, I, I don't need that right now. I don't want that right now. And they push it away, whatever it is. And later they look back in their life and they say, if only I just listened to that advice. If only I just taken what they offered me then, my life wouldn't be where it is right now. And so I want to make a statement tonight. I want you to lean in and listen to this. Family, small groups is not another program here at Christian Family Church. It's not just something that's on our menu that you can say, okay, I'll have one of those and I'll try that a little bit. Small groups, it's vital and it's critical. In fact, it's the backbone of our church. And it should be the backbone of your life. You see, you need those relationships to succeed in life. People collapse without meaningful relationships. They just do. We need one another. You know, a pastor tells a story. And he had newly started his church. And the church had started to grow. And the services were growing. And so he receives a phone call. And on the phone is a lady. And she says, excuse me, pastor. Do you offer counseling? And he says, yes, we do. We do offer counseling. And so he says to her, do you attend our church? Have you been coming to the services? And so she says to him, no, I go to another church. So he says, well, why aren't you going to that church for help and for counsel? And her answer was, they can't know what I'm going through. They mustn't know what my challenges are. And this was his reply to her. He said, dear lady, that's your first challenge. They're the very ones who love you. The very ones that are there to care for you. And yet, you're not letting them know where your life is at. And many people put on a false front to cover up like everything's okay. They smile. They come to church. They put on a, a, a smiley face. And when you ask them, How are you? how's it going? They say, everything's fine. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But really, deep down, that's not what's happening. They're broken inside. So family, we need to get real. We have to get real and be open with one another. Why? Because in Ecclesiastes it says this. There was a man, and he's all alone. He's alone. And he has neither son nor brother. And there was no end to his toil. He was toiling and toiling, but yet he was alone. He was not satisfied. And you see, church, the biggest crisis in the world today is not COVID. Now, we need to take COVID serious, and we need to be responsible people. And I'm not saying we must be irresponsible. We need to be responsible. But COVID is not the biggest crisis. You see, the biggest crisis in the world is loneliness and isolation. That's the biggest crisis in the world, loneliness and isolation. People are soul sick. They're soul sick because they're alone. They're toiling, and they're finding no joy because there's nobody around with them. You know, there's a statistic in 2020, there was a statistic that this organization did. And they said that one out of every 10 people in 2020 considered suicide. That's sad. 
There's another statistic, hold on to your seats, that in the month of October 2020 in Japan, in the month of October in 2020 in Japan, more people committed suicide than all those that died of COVID in Japan for the entire year. That's a statistic. What's going on? People are soul sick, and it comes from loneliness. They're alone. That's the challenge. He goes on to say, and he says there that, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. His eyes were not content with his wealth. He's working, he's doing his best, probably buying things that he likes, but yet he's not content. It goes on and says this, For whom am I toiling? He asked. And why am I depriving myself of this enjoyment? So this is the question he asks. I'm toiling. Why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? And in the next verse, he gives the answer. Look at this. Two are better than one. I need somebody in my life. The toiling is not helping. Having everything I want is not helping. Having all the wealth is not helping. Two are better than one. Because they get a good return for their labor. You know, Two don't give the return of two. Two give the return of more than two. The Bible says that one will send a thousand, two will ten thousand. When two are together, they produce more than two. <clears throat> one can only produce one. But two, it's a multiplying. They produce more. And goes on to say, if either of them falls down, and here's a newsflash for you, at some point in your life, you will fall down. Everybody goes through challenges. I'm sure if I had to ask you in this room, who's never faced a challenge in their life? I don't believe there's anybody that can raise their hand. At some point, you'll have disappointment. At some point, something's not going to work out the way that you would like it to. And there will be a falling down. And it goes on to say, one can help the other up. You need somebody in your life. It goes on to say this, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. That's a terrible place to be in. When you're going through those falling down times and there's nobody there, you're all alone. You're stuck in that hole without any hope of getting up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? The one may be overpowered. And let me say to you, most of the time one is overpowered. <laughs> most of the time one is overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Unfortunately, family, there are many broken people because they stand alone. They stand alone. And I want to encourage you and let you know that we are a church of groups. And the word that is taught here on weekends is not just enough in itself. That's why we have the groups where people can come together, where people can come alongside you and help you in your walk with God. You know, when I was, I was born in the late 60s, and um, uh, when I grew up and became a teenager, in the 70s and 80s, there was a television series on, and uh, this is giving our age away, yeah, but it was called Cheers. How many of you remember that program cheers okay and it was a bar a pub where people used to come together and they would just get to know each other and talk and they'd be friends and and maybe only speaking to half of the crowd you online but it was that series that ran many times and they had a theme song a theme song and these this is these are the words of that song look at these words it says making your way in the world today takes everything you've got how true is that just to get through takes everything we've got. Taking a break 
from all your worries sure would help a lot. Amen to that. Wouldn't you like to get away? Some of us just want to get away. <laughs> Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. They're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. And family, that's a pub. That's a bar, but it should be the church. That should be the church. That should be us. As long as I've been here at Christian Family Church, we have had small groups where people can be known. I got into small groups right in the beginning, nearly 29 years ago, and I'm still in group today. We need that. You know, we need that connection in our life. People need to know you by name. And here at Christian Family Church, I mean, we meet all over the place. We have groups that meet in schools and in coffee shops. Isn't that an awesome place to meet? <laughs> Offices and in homes and on sporting fields. Why? Because it's important just to do life together. So we have all these places where people meet. And when you join a group, and I believe you will, and when you join a group, and I believe you will, you're going to discover this, that real life change doesn't just happen on Sundays. Real life change happens in the context of relationships. That's how your life will truly change when you're in relationships. So I can prove this to you. If I had to ask you this evening, how many of you can name the last five or ten messages that were preached from this pulpit? I can't remember the last ten. But I know that none of you can. But if I had to say this to you, how many of you can name, <clears throat> excuse me, the last, uh, give me names of the last five or ten people that have impacted your life positively or negatively? You can rattle those names off. Right now, without thinking, I can just give you names of people who have impacted my life. Why is that the case? Because your life is not shaped by information. Your life is shaped by relationships. Life is shaped by relationships. So let's read this next chapter or this verse all together, Romans 12, verse 5. We're going to read it together. You ready? Let's read together out loud. One, two, three. Since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. You need me. For some of you, that's the most conversation you've had this week. And I think some single guy got a date over there. <laughs> but we need each other, right? And I want to show you tonight what's called the Johari window. And the Johari window, family, is a quadrant that your life fits into. And you have all four of these. You have all four of these in your life. So we're going to look at that tonight. And we're going to learn some truths from that this evening and to see how important it is to be connected with people. So let's have a look at the first one. The first one is called the arena. The arena. This quadrant is called the arena. This is what I know and what you know. Okay? This is the part of your life that everyone sees, that everyone knows, or let me rather put it this way, or what you want them to see. The part that you want them to see. How you dress, what you eat, what you say, all those things, what you want them to see. And you see, family, this has been going on for centuries. People are like that. They show the things that they want people to see, how you want you to be perceived. There are people today that are living a lifestyle in the eyes of others that is actually not who they are at all. 
But that's the part they want you to see. And this is something that's been going on for centuries. In fact, even in Jesus' time, he confronted arena-only religion. So let's have a look at that. We're going to read that found in Matthew 25. And it says this, Matthew 25, it says, Everything they do is done for people to see. So yeah, he's speaking and he's saying everything they're doing is so that they can show off so that people can see it. He goes on to say, they make their phylacteries wide. What is phylactery? Phylacteries was like a leather little box that they would strap to their head. And inside of it would be scripture. And they would walk around with that so everybody could see it. And Jesus doesn't have a problem with that, but he would rather have them having the word in their heart. <laughs> That's who he'd rather have. Okay? And they make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments long. So he's questioning this. He's, he's speaking to them. Look what he says about them. He goes on in Matthew 23, 27. He says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs. Wow, what a statement Jesus is saying to them. You're like whitewashed tombs. You look beautiful on the outside. Everything looks great on the outside. When I'm looking at you, your life looks perfect. But on the inside, you're full of bones of the dead. And there are many people like that in the world, unfortunately. On the outside, everything looks good, but on the inside, they're dying. There might be people sitting right next to you in this room. Might be many of you online. You're looking and you say, that's me. I put on this front, but I'm dying inside. It goes on to saying everything is unclean. There might be parts of your life that you say, man, I don't want to do those things anymore. And that could be many in this room. And Jesus is saying that these people were like that. They made their lives look wonderful, but that's not who they really were. They were really dying and hurting inside. And that's why we need, family, to get into small groups. We need to get into groups where we can share our lives with others so we can have victory on our journey and as we go. You see, we are a big church. There's no doubt about it. We're a big church. We have thousands of members, and we're going to get bigger. Why are we going to get bigger? You see, we're a big church because the world matters. And as long as there's an unsafe person out there, we're going to reach those people for Christ. But we have small groups because you matter. We have smaller groups because we want you to be connected. We want you to find a place that you can belong. And it's important to be in those places so that people can truly get to know you for who you are. The second part of the quadrant is known as the mask. The mask. The mask is, I know, but you don't know. In other words, there's things about me. There's a part of my life that you don't know about. It's called my secrets. It's my secrets. Everybody has secrets. There's things in their life they're just not telling people about. That's called the mask. I'm covering up something that's really there. And here's the challenge, family, that there are secrets that you have that you don't tell people about. But if you're not telling someone, you're in trouble. I understand you're not telling the whole world, but you have to be telling somebody in order for them to help you. Why? Because of this. I will always stay as sick as my secrets. If there are things that I'm covering up and things that I'm not dealing with, I can never overcome them. Apostle Theo has always taught us you have to face your giants. You cannot overcome something if it's hidden away. And we need to be able to face our challenges. In 2 Corinthians 4, it says this, We refuse to wear masks. Well, if you ever wanted a scripture for these times, 
<laughs> not talking about these masks. Don't go quoting that, okay? Those are not physical masks. Just don't want to start a new revolution. I've got a verse. We don't need to wear masks. No. He says, we refuse to wear masks and play games. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open. Why? Because when you are honest, that's the first step to freedom. When you come up and say, listen, I'm battling with this. This is an issue in my life. Help me. Then you will find freedom. So then tell me, family, why don't people do that? Why aren't more people sharing what their challenges are? I'll tell you why. Because you've done it before with the wrong person. And they went and told other people. And you felt embarrassed. You thought you could confide in somebody. And tell them what you were battling with. And unfortunately... They went out and told others. And so you feel embarrassed about that. You feel ashamed. That's why many people don't do it. But listen to this. A lot of people don't have the relationships they need today because they had the wrong ones earlier. Many people just isolate themselves because of the wrong relationships they had in their past. And the pain that keeps you uh, from your freedom is because of those relationships. But family, it's like spilling boiling water on your leg. If you took boiling water and you spilt it on your leg, and it burnt you and hurt you and left with you with a scar, now because of that, you say, I'm done with water. I'm not going to ever have water again because of the pain of it. The very thing you need keep that, that keeps you alive, you're pushing away. The very thing you need. Just because something's hurt you in the past doesn't mean it's wrong for you now. And we need to realize that you still need relationships. And you have to have them even if people have disappointed you. There are things that disappoint us all. Things that possibly we are all dealing with in our lives. These secrets that, 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 that we have in our hearts. The things that we think, well, if I just tell somebody about it, they'll be disappointed in me. They'll think less of me. But that's not true. Look what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis said, Friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought I was the only one. You see, there are people that are going through what you're going through. You're not alone. You're not the only person that's experienced the challenges you've faced. There are people that have gone through it and have had the victory. There are people that can help you to overcome those challenges, friend, they are there. I want to read a portion of Scripture that you know very, very well. It's, called, it's in John 3.16. Let's have a look at this. John 3.16. We know this verse. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. What a great promise. But I want to encourage you, don't stop there. Many people stop there. they saved and they say, that's all I need. That's it. I'm saved. I'm going to do nothing else. I'm going to be okay. But God is saying there's more. There's more. Let's carry on reading. It says this. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. So that's what He's done. To save you more than just for right standing, but to also live a life of victory. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. 
So look at the journey that we go on. It goes on and says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. You're not condemned for your mistakes or your challenges, okay? But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not uh, believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Here's the answer. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Too many people are hiding their challenges because they're embarrassed of them. You need to step out into the light so you can have your freedom. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Family, God wants you to step out into the light. He wants you to have victory. He wants you to deal with those issues so that you can walk a life of success. So then what do we do? What do we do? Well, if there was ever a verse for small groups, I believe this is it. In 1 James 5.16, it says this. Confess your sins to each other. Listen to me, church. You confess your sins to God so that you can be saved. But you confess your sins to one another that you can be healed. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I need to have a somebody in my life that I can go to and say, pray for me. This is my challenge. And when you're part of a group and when you join a group, I understand you might not go there on day one and share your secrets, but maybe it takes you a few weeks. But at some point, you'll feel comfortable. It might not even be with the whole group. It might just be with one person where you can say, hey, Pastor Simon, can we just have a chat in the front and share what I'm going through? I need your help. Will you pray for me? You see, we teach all of our leaders on our leadership training to pray for their members by name every day. By name every day. We encourage those in the groups to pray for one another. We need each other's prayer. Look what it says here. In Colossians it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you, that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. We all need some Epaphrases in our life. <laughs> and those are people in your groups. Those are people that you can come together with who will pray for you that you can stand firm in all the will of God. So I want to encourage you to be connected. So the first quadrant we looked at was the arena. Everything that I know about you and you know about you. The second one is the mask, the things that we hide, our secrets that other people don't know about us. And the third one is this. The third one is what we call blind spots. The things I don't know but you know. The things you see about me that I don't see things I see about you that you don't see. It's the part that, we, that you uh, see but I don't see, like the spinach in your teeth. <laughs> you know, when you have a meal and you smile and you've got that spinach in your teeth, you have no idea it's there, but you're smiling away. It's like that in your life. People see it, but you don't know. You see, family, there are parts of our life that we don't even see. The way we conduct ourselves, sometimes we're oblivious to. You need people in your life to point that out to you and say, Hey, brother, hey, sister, you shouldn't be doing that. There's a better way to handle those things. But this is a tough one. As many people don't like other people telling them what they need to change, right? People don't like that unless you know they love you. 
If you know they love you and they want the best for you, you'll receive what they have to say because you know they want to help you. You see, our life is better when we have people in our life that love us and show us what we need to change. I need those people. If I'm doing things that I'm oblivious about, I need somebody just to talk to me and say, you shouldn't speak to your family that way. You shouldn't treat your wife that way. You shouldn't do this. Why? Because they love me. They want the best for me. I love what Proverbs says. Proverbs says this, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You see, a person who loves you will tell you what you're doing wrong so you can be better. But the person who doesn't care just says, ah, everything's okay, you can carry on. And you carry on doing the same things over and over, and you don't realize why I'm not getting out of this rut. Because we have the wrong people in our lives. We need people who love us. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Sometimes you, it hurts to hear, oh, you're not doing that right, but it's there to help you so that you can be better. Amen? In Hebrews, we read this. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. In the Bible, you can see that God has put little kapikis around today. Because we need to do something today to help one another. Don't delay in that encouraging word or that SMS or that call. We need to do it today. And if you're in a group, you will get that caring every day. And then the fourth quadrant we look at is the potential. The potential is this. I don't know and you don't know. This, this, this is the part of your life that only God knows. Your potential, it's there. It's in your life. You see, family, there's a part of your life that you haven't realized yet. Or best said this way, you have not yet experienced the best version of you. There's a best version of you, you see. And everybody should want to grow to, the, to be a better person, a better version of themselves. You see, we are ever learning and ever growing. You have not arrived, even if you have matriculated or if you've got your degree or you now started your own business, you have not arrived. There's always more. And God wants the best out of you. He wants you to reach your potential. And none of us should be satisfied to be staying where we are. None of us should be. We want to say, you know what? I can do better. I can achieve more. I can make a difference. So the question is, how do I find it? How do I find it? You find it when you come together. When you come together, you find it. You see, the Bible calls us a body. If you read in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, it says that we are all part of a body, right? If you read that portion of Scripture. And the part is not what matters. Listen carefully to what I'm saying to you. The part is not what matters. It's the connection to, of a part to another part that's important. You see, family, my hand is not such a great hand if it doesn't know that it needs to be connected to my arm. My hand will never reach its potential if it's not connected to my arm. The connection is more important than the arm. Okay? Because, let me, let me just give you an illustration. Maybe it's not a, a great illustration, but a bit of a rough one, but, but it'll give you the picture. If you took a 10-year-old child, it's about 10 years old, and you cut off their hand, just cut it off, and you put that hand down, that child will heal and grow. But that hand won't grow 
In fact, it will shrivel up. It will shrivel up. You see, some people are disconnected and alone, and they wonder why they're not reaching their potential. You see that the rest of the body of Christ is going to continue to grow, but if we are not connected, we will shrivel up. Why? Because there is no connection to the body. You need to be connected. Your body grows because it's connected. Cut off your part of your body, and it will stop growing. It will stop right there at that time that you've cut it off. But when you're connected, there's a life force that flows through. Your body will reach its potential. You will grow only because you are connected. So what do you do? What do you do? We're getting to relationships that help us grow with people who care. That's what we do. Amen? The Bible says this in Proverbs 27. It says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You need to be around people to be sharpened. That's what the Bible's saying. Now, sharpening is not always a pleasant thing. <laughs> Sometimes the sparks fly, right? But if you had a blunt axe, a blunt axe is not going to reach its potential. It's not going to achieve what it needs to achieve. But when it is sharpened, it then becomes effective. And we need to be around people who can tell us, hey, man, you can do better. You need to change. Let me help you. You need to be around that. Colossians says this. It says, the whole body supported and held together by... You get on a team. You get in a group. You get on a team. You know, family, we have dream teamers here at church. We have dream teamers at our church. We don't have dream teamers because we have jobs for them. That's not what we have dream teamers. We have dream teamers because people need a team. You need to be part of a team. You see, people in a team need to be needed. Everybody wants to feel, hey, I'm needed. Nobody wants to hear, who are you? You're not worth anything. We don't need you. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody needs to be needed. And when you're in a team, you are needed. When you're in a group, you are known. When you're in a team, you are needed. When you're in a group, you are known. And I want to encourage you, get into a group. Be part of a team so that you can live out your potential. You can walk with people who love you. Family, this next statement is this. Be us, be we, be part of a group. Don't be a me. Be a us, be a we. You would have seen on our church news that we spoke about our next group curriculum that's coming up. And I'm inviting all of you that are not part of a group, those that are online in the other venues. If you're not part of a group, you really need to be. I trust that this message has helped you to see the importance of being connected, of being part of a team, of being part of a group, so that you can live out your, to your fullest potential. And if you're not part of any group, I'm inviting you to join our next curriculum, which is going to start soon. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to start it. And so I'm encouraging you to get hold of a pastor, get hold of a staff member here at the church, or send information to our email address at groups at cfcsa.co.za and say, hey, I want to be part of a group. I just want to be with people. And we're going to be running that curriculum soon. And if you want to do other things, we've got many other groups. As I said, we've got sports groups. We've got, we've got uh, baking groups. We like the baking groups. Eh? Uh, we also like the coffee groups. Those are the nice ones. But we really have got people that meet from all walks of life. Be connected. Be part of those groups. If you want to lead one of those groups, and you say, you know what, I'd like to lead a group, even if it's just in your home with your family, just mom and dad and the children, we want to help you to do that. 
and give you some next steps and prepare you and train you so that you can effectively lead a group. If you want to lead a group, even if it's just your family, or you say, hey, man, I don't mind having other people around, or you say, you know what, I can do an online group. I might have a small home. I don't have space, but hey, I can do an online group. If you want to lead one of those groups, also send us an email and just say, I'd like to lead a group, or I want to join a group, or text it to 4991 and say, I want to lead a group, or I want to join a group, and we'll get hold of you and help you to start this journey. Get through growth track, do all the steps of growth track, get onto leadership training, and you know what, family? We'll be stronger for it. We'll be a body that grows because we connected. Amen? Well, I hope that's encouraged you this evening to be part of a group and to, to be part of the body of Christ so that you can live out your full potential. Praise the Lord. Well, why don't you bow your heads at this time and just close your eyes. As we are sitting here today and listening to this message and how much God loves us and wants us to grow to our fullest potential, there might be some of you that are sitting here or that are online and you're saying, you know, Pastor, I don't know Jesus as my Savior. And I need to know Jesus as my Savior. Friend, that is definitely the starting point, is to be part of a loving family, of a Father who loves you. And I want to give you an opportunity to receive Him as your Lord and Savior to put your past behind you forever and to move forward with a loving God. If that's you and you say, I've never accepted Jesus in my life before, but today I want to do that. And friend, I want to pray with you. You remain in your seat where you are. Obviously, you online or online. And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. There might be some of you that are here this evening that say, you know, I once served the Lord, but my relationship with Him has grown cold. I'm not serving Him the way that I used to. I want to come back to him today. Well, friend, if you'll allow me to include you in that prayer, you can then know for sure that you're back in right standing with him. And then my last and final invitation is to anybody that says, I don't know what will happen to me when I breathe my last. When I die, I don't know if I'm going to heaven or I'm going to the flames of hell. I need to know that I'm going to heaven. Friend, if you'll also allow me to include you in that prayer, you can know for sure that heaven is your home. So in a moment... I'm going to ask you to do this while heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm going to ask you in a moment when I count to three just to raise your hand so that I can see who it is and I'm going to pray a prayer for you. You stay in your seat. I'm not inviting you to come up. You just stay where you are, but I'll pray with you. You want to come to Jesus for the first time, come back to Him, or you want to know for sure that heaven is your home, won't you raise your hand now? One, two, three. Just raise it above your head. Wave it at me so that I can see while heads are bowed. Just wave it at me so I can see the dark out there. Praise God. Wonderful. God bless you. Wonderful. See some hands going up. That's wonderful. For those in the other venues, you can do the same. And if you're watching online, you can just raise your hand and put it down. Now, friend, I want to pray this prayer with you. I'm going to ask everybody here tonight to pray this prayer together, but especially those that have raised their hands. Let's say this together. Say this with me tonight. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight just as I am. Please forgive me for every sin. I do believe Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. Tonight, I choose to forgive every person who has hurt me or offended me. And I thank you that because of this prayer, I am now part of your loving family in Jesus' name, amen. Well, congratulations. 
Welcome to the family of God. We are so proud of the decision that you have made this evening. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.